Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good evening, good evening. What I'd like you to do, if I could ask you to please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read the first three verses of that portion of Scripture And then I'm going to unpack it this evening and trust for God to speak to your hearts. Amen to that. Thank you, Gabe. Sharing is caring. You're right. (laughs) Great. We've been journeying through the book of Hebrews chapter 11, looking at the various different heroes of the faith. And I believe each and every one of those heroes are there to inspire us, to encourage us, and to stir us to great things. But overriding all of those heroes is Jesus. I want to say all of them pale into insignificance compared to Jesus. And this evening, I'm going to be teaching briefly from the scriptures how we as a community and a household of faith can fix our eyes on Jesus as the author, the perfecter, the source, the pioneer of our faith. But I'd like to read from verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12. Now, when it says, therefore, it's in the light of Hebrews 11. When the original letters were written, there weren't chapters and verses. It was just a flowing letter by divine inspiration through the apostle Paul to the Hebrews. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Verse 2 is the key one. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then verse 3 starts off, consider him. Twice in this particular portion, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And verse 3, it says, consider him. Beautiful portion of stirring scripture. Now the amazing thing is God has called us to live a life of faith. And the life of faith defies logic, facts, and feelings. It defies that. In fact, if you go against general logic, facts, and feelings, people would call you crazy. People would think you've lost your marbles. People will think that you need to get a straight jacket for this particular person. Or they might think, you know, we need to somehow sign them up to an asylum. Can I say, if you look at all those Hebrews 11 heroes of faith, they went contrary to logic. They went contrary to fact. They went contrary to feelings. And if you and I are going to see the kingdom of God come to this planet, we're going to have to do some crazy things. But for you and I to do the crazy, we need to fix our eyes on him. We need to do that. The reason being, faith is the key thing that God is drawn to that gets God moving and at work. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that we have called without faith, it's impossible to please God. And one of our foundational motivations for wanting to live a life of faith is to live a life pleasing to him. 
In the book of Romans, it says anything that does not originate from faith is sin. So we want to live an upright, God-pleasing life. We need to learn to live by faith. Now, it's difficult to put a, in a short brief of time to put a definition to faith, but my understanding is faith is a revelation of the greatness of God, the grandeur of God, of who He is. It's a revelation, wow, God, that inspires us and motivates us to get out of our comfort zone into the God zone. See, when you have a wow of God and you see who He is, it changes the way you live. If you don't change the way you live, you haven't seen him. Let me just give you an example. Abel, in verse 4, it says, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice. What did he have a revelation of God? He had a revelation of God, was a covenant-keeping God. Hence, he killed an animal and offered blood, and it pleased God. Enoch, what was his faith towards God? He had a walk with God. His name means consecrated, set apart for God. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. Can I say we need to have a faith that walks with God that anything can happen? That's how we need to live. Noah had a faith working. He had a revelation of God's righteousness. Noah. The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. And he lived in an unrighteous world. And you can go on and on through those different particular characters but I think for us to take hold of faith and to be able to fix our eyes on Him, we need to learn to throw off things. There's three things that says we need to let us. And the beautiful thing, this faith that I believe Hebrews 11 is speaking of is not an individual faith, it's a corporate faith. Because it says, let us throw off everything that hinders. Some of you might need to throw off some of the baggage of the past that you're holding on to. Some of you need to throw off offenses and issues because that will erode your faith and undermine what God wants to do in your life. It says, let us run the race. We need to, we need to get in and get going. The Christian life is not an amble and a stroll. It's a race to run. And then it says, fixing our eyes. Different translations read it like this. Let us focus on Him. Let us look steadfastly on Him. It says, the Weymouth translation says, simply fixing your gaze on him. I just love the refreshingness of that verse and that translation. The Amplified says, looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who was the leader, the source of our faith, bringing it to maturity. Can I say, God wants us as a people to have a mature faith and a mature faith has fruit in all four seasons. Your spring, summer, autumn, and winter, you're standing strong and saying, my God is faithful. My Redeemer lives. See, when you've got a faith that when the autumn leaves of your life are being shredded and blown off, you know He's faithful and true. When the winter of cold bites in, you still remain strong. Easy to have faith in spring and in summer. But how do we begin to look to Jesus? What is this? How do we practically begin to look? Faith, for me, is beginning to see Jesus in the Scriptures. Faith is being able to say, Jesus, how do I, how do I look at the Scripture to see you? It's what does the Bible say? When I first became a Christian, 
in the late 70s, 76, 77, is the whole big thing is, what does the Bible say? It wasn't Google this and Dr. Phil this and Oprah this and this, that. No, no, it's what did the Bible say? Because you see, when you look at the Bible, the Bible and Jesus are synonymous. In the Gospel, John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you want to know what faith is, you've got to look at the Scriptures. You've got to see what the Bible says about it. In John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said to the religious leaders how they diligently examined and searched the Scriptures because they thought in them they had life, yet they refused to come to Him. The Living Bible says that the very Scriptures Jesus had pointed to Him. So whenever you go to the Scriptures and you begin to say, God, what does your Word say? It begins to ignite faith in your heart. It begins to stir something up in your heart. Let me give an example. Nine, ten years ago, in fact, it was even prior to that, we, as a church, when we started, we had a prophetic word that God was going to give us some land. We received that prophetic word. I could have taken that word, oh, that's good, put a little bottle of preservative, put it on the shelf, and say, God, if it's your will, it'll come to pass. Every word that God speaks, the Bible says, alive and active, and we need to action it. So I began to start looking for land, and I saw this piece of land, and something stirred in my heart. It began to stir in my heart that, yes, God, this is position brilliant. And as I began to pray, more and more faith, and one day I was reading the Psalms, Psalm 24, verse 1, where the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But the way he said it to me, I had this land in mind. He said that earth is mine and the fullness of it. And it became personal, and I said, yes, that's it. I called everybody and said, we're going to have a prayer meeting. And we got on this land, and there were mole hills, and there was just bush and rubbish and what have you. I remember the 30, 40 of us gathered to pray. And I said to the guys, we're going to pray. This is where the auditorium is going to be. This is where I'm going to stand. This is where I'm going to preach. This is where everybody's going to sit, and the lost are going to come to faith. I remember one guy afterwards came to me, Mark. He said these words, he says, Wally, you're crazy, I'm leaving. He actually did, and he fulfilled his part, he did. He did leave. And he said, Wally, how can 50 of us raise two, three million to pay for the land, to do the building, etc., etc., etc.? He says, I've been involved in building projects, I can't. I said, Psalm 24, verse 1, this earth is the Lord's, and I believe God's going to give it to us. And over 18 months with lots of dealings with municipalities and council, God gave it to us. And organized the rain for us to be here to be an influence to the city and the, and the nations of the earth. But you see, I had to see Jesus in the scriptures. And I had to wrestle with the scriptures. Your faith will never go beyond your knowledge of scripture. What are you seeing of Jesus in the Bible? Your situation, whether you're fearful, unemployed, under temptation, under pressure, even about with friends, with healing, boldness. What, you need to go back to what does the Bible say? You see, you've got to see what the Scripture says, and what you see will ignite faith in your heart. Secondly, faith is about hearing His voice from the Scriptures 
that you're seeing. Bible says, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Can I say we live in a world that has much noise pollution? We talk about climate pollution, but there's noise pollution. The hardest thing I've found for this day and age and generation is to be quiet. You'll never hear his voice without learning the art of being still and being quiet. What's the David saying? Be still and know I'm God. What, where does knowing come is when you're hearing and when you're seeing? I want to encourage you as a church, you need to learn to find a place where you can be still and quiet. You can see and he can speak. Faith comes when you see. Faith comes when you hear his voice. Thirdly, Faith comes when you are leaning into him. Book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, but this is on the amplified version. I want to read it to you. Faith, in brackets, is the leaning of your entire personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. So faith is seeing, faith is hearing, faith is leaning into God. How do we begin to do that? Can I say you can only lean when you're close. If I had to ask, Travis, would you stand a moment? Now stand where you are, but I want you to lean on me. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> do it. He's going to fall flat on his face. He's going to fall flat. Can I say you can only lean when you're up close? The kind of relationship God wants to have with you is an up close and personal relationship. Now, some of you might say, whoa, thanks, Trev. You can sit down. Some of you might say, well, God, you feel a million miles away. Can I say to you, you need to take this one scripture, Acts chapter 17, verse 27. It says, he is not far from each one of us. He's not far. That's what the Bible says. So you might be feeling God is distant. Now you take the scripture, you take it and you begin to look at it in all the different translations. Then you say, God, you're not far from me. And then in verse 28 explains how close he is. In him you live and move and have your being. That's how close he is. He's in you. And he wants to live through you. So it's not difficult to lean on him when you see him, when you hear him. He's there. John 15, 17 speaks, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. The word abide speaks of dwell, live, harmony together. That's what God wants to do. Now, as we read that verse of scripture earlier on, where it speaks of Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. If I introduced Gabe to somebody and said, this is my friend, Gabe, He's an author. Guess what your very next question will be to Gabe? Tell me about the book that you've written. Isn't that correct? Tell me about the book that you've written. Now the fascinating thing here, in Psalm 139, verses 16 to 17, David had an insight to God being the author of his faith. He says this, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. All the days ordained for me, were written in your book before one of them came to pass. Now, God has written a chapter 
about your life of faith in his book that he wants you to live out. And can I tell you, all the things he's written in that book are great things, are amazing things. In fact, they'll scare you, but that's what faith's all about. He's written chapters about what he has planned and purposed for your life. But faith is getting to know the author, and then faith is getting to know his script for your life. You'll never have faith apart from the scriptures. If you want to know God's story for your life, study his story, and it's called the Bible. If you study his Bible and see where you fit in, and then out of that you'll be able to walk. I've said this many, many uh, when, when Facebook first came out, I said, the Bible is the original Facebook. It's us getting our face into his book to know his will. And I think we've often got our face in the wrong Facebook, and we're hearing what everybody else says about everything instead of knowing what he says. Now, I'm wanting to conclude with looking at Jesus as our example If he's the author of our faith, he also sets an example. Now, if you want to make note of these scriptures, they'll encourage you. In Luke chapter 2, verse 42, Luke 2, 42, and Luke 46 to 49, Jesus was a little boy, 12 years old. And he went to Jerusalem, and the Bible says, as a little boy, he went into the temple and was discussing with the scholars, the leaders, the religious people. They were studying the scriptures. Now, why was Jesus doing that? He was discovering the Father's script for his very own life. He was studying the scriptures. Let me say this, for 18 years, from the age 12 to age 30, Jesus was filling himself with heaven's script of what the Father said about him. And then for three years, he fulfilled what was written about him. He had to fill himself first, and then he lived out Over 40 times in the the Gospels, it says this of Jesus. Jesus did this to fulfill what was written. Jesus said this to fulfill what was written. Jesus spent his first period of life filling himself with the word and then fulfilling what was said about him. Faith is then stepping out and acting out what God has spoken about you. Can I say this is so important? I cannot stress that. So many people, oh, the devil's hassling me. The devil's messing me around. I said, look at Jesus' pattern. When the devil came to him, what did Jesus say? It is written. It is written. What Jesus filled himself with what was written. So when the devil came, he gave it to the devil, told the devil what was written. Man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that's proceeding from the mouth of God. Can I say to you this evening, church, for you and I to have the God kind of faith, God wants us to begin to see Him clearly, hear Him, lean into Him, and then step out in whatever He tells us. If you notice Jesus, the Bible says in in Luke chapter 4, it says it was His custom to go into the synagogue and the reading of the Scriptures. Did you know that Jesus' inaugural speech, he quoted Isaiah chapter 61. He said, how the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Can I say you'll never stand up in faith strong if you're not immersing yourself in scriptures. 
Colossians says, if, let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your heart and life. Yeah. See, when you're under pressure, what pops out? Yeah. When you're in a corner, what comes out is determined by what you put in. Can I encourage you this evening as we conclude that what is on the inside of you by understanding of the scriptures? Can I say, I do believe we need to beat Bible illiteracy. And only you and I can do that. I wish I could lay hands on you and impart a download of Old and New Testament. I'd be the first one to do it to myself. You can't. There's no shortcut to spending time with Jesus. But can I say the outworking of that will change your life forever. I found myself, I cannot spend more than two or three hours in my study where I get bursting full. I've got to go out and find somebody to talk to and minister to. It just, it just, it's just like that. I cannot. Even just this afternoon, I spent, got home, had lunch, spent one, two, at the hoppers three, from one to the hoppers just praying, just going through things. And I said to Shirley, I'm bursting. Not for the loo, I'm bursting. I said, I'm going for a ride. Just went for a ride down. I'm saying, Lord, who, where, how, what? But he said, I said, God, give me your heart for people. And you know the interesting when you drive past, I cycled this time, I go past people, I feel. I saw a guy there standing at Big Bay. I just went up to him, I said, two little girls. I said, how's it? My name's Wally. He says, I'm Jacques. I said, it's cool, good to meet you. You're not here tonight, Jacques. He said he might come, but he's got two little twins. And I said, Jacques, and I never normally say this, I said, where's your wife? This is half past four. He says, my wife walked out on me two weeks ago. So I said, Jacques, is there somebody to help you? He says, you're the first person that's offered help. So I'm seeing him tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock, and I'm trusting for God to, just to meet him. But where did that come from? It came from two and a half hours of just soaking myself and saying, God, I want my life to be more filled with you than with Wally. Can I say to you this evening, if I had to put a, a wordometer against your heart, what would the Bible reading be? Would it be bleep red needing filling? Or is there a fresh revelation and understanding of who Jesus is? Does he still wow you when you read the Bible? I want to close with time has moved on. But can I say to you this, morning, this evening, as you begin a study of who he is in you, and who you are in him, the life of faith will be an adventure. Amen. The life of faith will be an adventure. This week, I was telling Travis, I had the, the whale of a time. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get teams. This is week, I just walked up and down the beachfront, praying for people, ministering to people. I had a ball. I almost thought I was going to levitate at one time. It was so exciting. <laughs> ministering people, they're just so open, they're just so wrapped, so ready. Because you know what? I've had a revelation of the kindness of God. Amen. And all I am is an ambassador of His kindness to people. Amen. That's my personal wow of who God is. And that's all I want to pass on to other people. And the kindness of God I've found is irresistible. Is irresistible. But I'm going to close with this. With a challenge of do you know the author? Are you spending time in the scripture, in the scriptures that it's imparted to you that you can put feet to it? Or is your head just getting big? 
and your heart is just secondhand stuff you're hearing. God wants us to be doers of His Word. He really does. As we conclude, there was this beautiful t-shirt, I have decided. You heard those folks that are being water baptized this morning and this evening. And there's a charge that God gives the nation of Israel through Moses and Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. It's an amazing portion of scripture. God says, I set before you life and death, blessing curses. That's what he says. God says, and then he gives us a hint of to make the right decision. He says, and choose life that it may go well with you and your children. Now, as we close, what has been your choice? Have you made that decision that counts? Have you made the decision? Yes, Jesus, my heart belongs to you. My life is surrendered to you. If you've never made that commitment and made that decision for him as we close this evening, I'll be up front with a few others and would love to introduce you to him, to Jesus. But as I close, I'm very conscious that God is wanting to reveal himself through his word, that you can see him, hear him, lean into him, and put feet to your faith. And I want you just to where you are, if you want to just take your Bible and hold it to your heart. And I want to pray for you. Father, this evening, thank you for this evening community of faith. And Father, I pray this evening that Jesus, you'd become so real to people here. That Jesus, you'd be so real. Manifest, make yourself known. Be clearly and evidently seen. That Jesus, you'd open eyes, you'd open ears, and that we'd lean into you with the full weight of our faith in and on you. And that Jesus, we'd put feet to our faith. Wouldn't just be something we talk about, but something we live out. Lord, I pray a, a stirring in our hearts for those that don't know you, who are yet to believe. Father, I ask that, Jesus, in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. I'll be up front here for anybody who needs assistance in making that decision.